0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, Friday Injury Edition. Here we are ahead of week five with a lot of talk about and by we, I, of course, me and myself, your host, Ian Harditz, along with PFF analyst Dwayne McFarlane and Andrew Erickson. Dwayne, we'll start with you. How's your Friday? Dude, it's great. Went and had some uh, papacitos with the wife out
1: by uh, the river in downtown Fort Worth. The river's kind of polluted, Ian, but I'll still take it. Um, the weather's good. It's not like a thousand degrees anymore here. So yeah, man, doing good.
0: I just uh, ran to McDonald's across the street and pounded that shortly before this show, so it doesn't sound quite as good as your meal, but still a great day to be great either way. Mr. Erickson, how are you? What is
1: papaditos, Dwayne? Papacitos. Papacitos. <laughs> Those <laughs> are it's just it's just uh, Tex Mex. It's good ah, though. Okay. The fajitas the fajitas are really good. It's it's one of the few chain places we still eat. Um, All right. Well, league. Andrew,
0: you blew your chance at an intro, so we're going to get uh, going into the <laughs> podcast. right in. Then. So, and quarterback, here we go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And we actually have a real life doctor, PFF's own Mario Pilato, who's Uh, streaming in almost said zooming in with us here in about 30 minutes so he'll give us the nitty-gritty details behind russell wilson's injury and plenty of other situations to monitor so starting things off jimmy garoppolo with the cap injury again not practicing on friday it looks like it is trey lance qb1 season Dwayne, where are we ranking him?
1: yeah man i'm lower than consensus um you know and i i i love the rushing But I've got him sitting at 16 right now. And, man, it's just because I went back and watched the end, and it did not look good. Like, if you take it, like, the two touchdowns, like, almost shouldn't have happened. It's like, it looks really gross, man. He's holding the ball a super long time. I have have concerns about sacks. I'm just – and it's – there's enough – there's enough other guys – like with Darnold and these other folks that we've already seen, that it's just enough to be like, I don't have to force Trey Lance this week. Um, And I'm worried the Cardinals jump out ahead and we're dealing with a lot of sacks. But look, the cheat code is in, the cheat code is there. The rushing yards are probably going to be there. So I won't be surprised if he's like a top eight. So if somebody needs the upside and they want to roll with it, I'm not going to hate on him for it.
0: Where do you have him? I have him QB thirteen. I agree, we're going Darnold ahead of him. I had Stafford and Russ over him. Whether that was a great idea or not, you guys can decide. But I w- do think I would take Lance ahead of Derek Carr ahead of Kirk Cousins. Are you on the same page, Dwayne?
1: Uh, I actually have Cousins ahead of him this week, just because. I mean, it's the it's the freaking Lions. Now, look, it could totally go wrong. It could just be like the the you know the Vikings don't even need to throw a pass. But the the Lions have actually been surprisingly competitive until the end of games. So I'm going to give the Lions the benefit of the doubt, and I hope there's just enough pressure because, come on, man, it's Justin Jefferson season, Ian.
0: (laughs) This is true. Andrew, where do you have Lance ranked?
2: I have him at 14. So I have him ahead of Cousins, Tannehill Carr, but then behind Daniel Jones. So, again, I'm in the middle tier on him. I think that I also have him behind – or no, yeah, it's just behind Daniel Jones. So, yeah, I think that you don't need to force it, like Dwayne kind of said. If you have another good quarterback, I don't think you just need to, like – jam in trey lance like you can wait a game and see if he plays well and then you feel good about playing him you know after the bye week when he should take over hopefully they don't go back to jimmy garoppolo
1: or he has one of the worst he has one of the worst quarterback strength of schedules of the week he has one of the worst offensive line pass blocking matchups of the week so i
0: mean those things you know are just enough to push him down under the other guys Yeah, I do my mismatch manifesto every week. Take the combined pressure rates of every offense and defense. And Lance is popping as someone that could be in the most trouble. So you can be excited, people. But yeah, we're not, you know, just jamming him in the top 10 to try to make a point about it we have Teddy Bridgewater seemingly on track to play. He's expected to clear a concussion protocol, was able to get a limited one on Thursday. We'll see if he's officially taken off here soon, but we are assuming Teddy will be under center. Not really the matchup we're looking to start him in in and of himself, but we can feel better about Cortland Sutton this week and also Noah Fant, who is the featured tight end with Albert O out of the picture. More on him later. Uh, Andy Dalton no longer listed on the injury report, the knee injury, and he's not starting. Best of both worlds. Obviously, no one want to be injured but we need our guy fields out there gents he's going on the road to vegas good defense i wouldn't say as good as the cardinals but obviously max crosby and company can cause some problems i have fields down a little bit lower qb 19 still ahead of heineke burrow baker and some of these more pocket type guys but behind jones lance you know cousins and Tannehill. is that about right andrew or do you think we're a little bit low on fields
2: no, I think it's okay to be. I mean, I'm lower. I'm think I'm lowest on him. I have him at like 25. I just Sheesh. not. I'm not playing him. I mean, I look. What <laughs> I mean, what does he show? He's played two full games and he scored less fantasy points than Trey Lance has scored in one half. So yeah. I need to. I got to see him put up fantasy points first. You know, the mobile rushing hasn't been there, and unless till we see the systematic change where the play calling is actually using him in design runs, then he's just another quarterback that I don't necessarily feel great about in a not great matchup.
0: Andrew woke up and chose violence. Dwayne, you sharing the same sentiment? I'm always violent, Ian. I mean, you know this. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: so I have I have him one spot behind Trey Lance. I have it at Lance at 18 and Fields at 19. Wow. So, I mean, I've got Derek Carr, Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, all ahead of him. Bunch of
0: haters you guys are, but no, I think it's a very fair all the way around. And Big Ben Rossberger is good to go. Does it matter? Apparently not, because the Steelers, uh, per Adam Schefter, are no way in heck benching Ben Roethlisberger this season. That's I a do have Trey records. Lance and Justin Fields ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, Ian. Well, yeah, I'd hope so. i hope <laughs> so. I, I have to find a new co not. I, mean.
2: I think the only guy I have behind Ben Roethlisberger is Davis Mills.
0: That's, that's fair. He's going to be seeing some ghosts <laughs> uh, <awesome>. this week. <laughs> uh, Quickly turning into the hit slander Big Ben Hour here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs> Talk some running backs now. Christian McCaffrey, doubtful with the hamstring injury as, you know, I believe it's like a 95% out rate when a player is listed as doubtful. So, barring McCaffrey putting on the Superman cape, not expecting him to be back for another week. Chuba, as we saw last week, it was good, not great. I think he's a low-end RB2 in this spot. Unfortunately, Rodney Smith is getting most of the pass down work. So Chuba, you can feel good about starting him. We're just not at that like legit top 12 or anything really near it at this point. But hey, you spent a lot for him on the waiver wire. You probably should be firing up Chuba and more lineups than not this week. Guys, let's talk about the Vikings because we got Dalvin Cook seemingly didn't practice all week. He might have got in a limited session on Friday, but he is being called a game time decision by Mike Zimmer himself. Now, Alexander Madison, as we saw last time, you know, does have true RB1 ability when Cook is sidelined. But if Cook plays, like, through this injury, Dwayne, how far are you knocking him down to ranks? Because, like, when we talked on Tuesday, it was like, if we get a healthy Dalvin Cook in this spot, he'd be the overall RB2. We know it's not a healthy Dalvin Cook. Assuming Dalvin plays, Dwayne, where would you rank him?
1: Yeah, if he was healthy, I would have him as RB1 this week. I mean, uh, Vikings are favored by 9.5, implied points of 29.5. RB strength of schedule is a 9.9 out of 10. That's number two on the slate. Um, So, yeah, this sucks for Dalvin Cook owners, but at this point, and I'm going to adjust after the show, um, with this news of game time decision, I don't know about you guys. I want your thoughts, but I'm assuming there's some sort of cap on his reps at this point, even if he plays. Um, So last week we saw him get under 50% of the attempts, which is probably where I'm now going to slot him, which means I'll still have him in my top 24, but he's going to be more down... He'll be behind Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards, a somewhere right in that range is probably where I'll end up having Dalvin Cook when, when you know, all is said and done. What, what we really want is just, just rest him. This is why you have Alexander Madison. Yeah. Just rest him. Let him get better. Even for, even if you're a Dalvin Cook, um, you know, fantasy manager, I think that's what you want. You just want a healthy Dalvin Cook. Not really. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I would, but I, I mean, that's me. I'd rather just know I have Dalvin Cook healthy when he comes back than him just keep re-aggravating this injury, which
0: seems to be a concern. If we could guarantee health the rest of the year with one more miss week, then okay. But it's the Lions, man. Like, these are one of the ones that you circle on the calendar at the beginning of the year. Andrew, let's move on to Arizona, though, and basically ask you the same question here. We have Chase Edmonds shaping up as a game time decision with the shoulder injury. He wasn't able to practice on Wednesday or Thursday. You know, obviously, we're moving James Conner up a bit. If Edmonds is fully sidelined, I would say that you know I wouldn't necessarily guarantee Conner for this three down role. I think Rondale Moore would honestly just be siphoning into a lot of that receiving work, in particular that Edmonds gets. Let's say Edmonds plays though. It's at 4.30. This is the afternoon game. So I would say to fantasy managers out there, if it's close, like if it's Damien Harris or Chase Edmonds or something like that, start the other guy that's playing at 1 o'clock, unless we get some better you know, confirmation over the weekend. But, Andrew, let's say Edmonds plays. How would you approach him in this spot? Because, man, the guy's do for a touchdown. We love the receiving work. But shoulder injuries usually aren't something to mess with at running back.
2: Yeah, I know. I love the I love the spot here for Chase Edmonds. I have met RB seventeen, you know, assuming that he's healthy, but obviously that he's banged up. It's definitely not ideal. It's not an ideal situation. I still think he'll be a top twenty four back for me. That's kind of what he's been. I think that he's still gonna be involved in the passing game. So I'm not I'm not wicked concerned about Chase Edmonds and his value. So I'll keep him in there as a, a back-end RB, too. You making fun of him because I said wicked?
0: Yes, you just throw it casually in there and expect <laughs> us not to say anything. Freaking <laughs> Easterner. Nah, it's good points all around. Joe Mixon seems doubtful. He's going to practice on Saturday. Man, who knows what Zach Taylor's doing? Wasn't able to get in there all week. Apparently limited on Friday, but we'll see. Game time decision. It is an early game, but once again, like Zach Taylor called Joe Mixon day-to-day for like three months last year. Dwayne, assuming Mixon is sideline, what are we doing with Samaj P. Ryan? And Chris Evans isn't, at this point, worthy of a start, right?
1: Yeah, I'm assuming Joe Mixon's not playing. I do not have him in my rankings right Agreed. now, and I'm not putting him in until I hear that news. I, I don't trust Zach Taylor just for the exact reason you just said, In So I'm expecting <laughs> Samaj P. Ryan to play tomorrow, and I've got him as RB24. So, I mean, he's... I believe he, he's a low-end RB2. You know, you could have him slightly below that. You could have him more as a high-end RB3. Somewhere in that range. I think he gets about 70% of the work overall. Probably
0: splits some of the passing down work with Chris Evans, but handles most everything else. My RB25, so we are right in line. Andrew, 49ers, ever-evolving, ever-injured backfield. We got Elijah Mitchell getting out of the blue con- blue non-contact jersey this week, but still shaping up as a game-time decision of sorts with that shoulder injury. If both Mitchell and Sermon are playing, I mean, I don't know how we can feel all that confident about either guy. I think Sermon's a fine upside RB three looking at fifteen to twenty carries if we have Mitchell out. But assuming both these guys play, are you just gonna pick the other guy and most start sit questions?
2: Probably for the most part, but I still have Elijah Mitchell as a well as RB twenty eight. So I, I if I have him, I'm probably gonna play him even if Trey Sermon or if they're both active. Because everything that we've seen from mitchell when he's been active he's been the guy and when we saw trey sermon you know have that role of being the guy it was really more oh well kyle Ushek's gonna play a lot too and that was never really the case with elijah mitchell like he was more or less receiving all of the touches in the backfield for the most part so i still think that's how they view him i think that they were upset that they couldn't use him last week and i know that they were really i know we talked about on the podcast last week how they're like hey we're gonna just do whatever we can to get this guy ready to play i mean he obviously didn't go last week so i still think it's elijah mitchell again it's a little bit of a leap of faith because we kind of know anything can happen with the shanahan backfield but i mean the matchup is the best and i guess i'm just looking at mitchell versus sermon and if i'm betting on one of these guys to break off an explosive run you know mitchell's done that so far already this year you know he has that big run for a touchdown so i'm gonna lean towards elijah mitchell here and i i will probably start him as like at least an rb3 or flex
0: I agree. If it's between Mitchell and Sherman, you need to pick Mitchell if both of them are healthy. I just kind of equated to like last week where Henderson was coming back from that injury and we knew Sony had taken over. It would make sense if they limit Mitchell a little bit in this week compared to other ones. Obviously, I, San Fran does have a week six bye, so we'll see what happens there. But yes, Mitchell over Sherman if yeah. it comes to and that. Quick
1: note like Mitchell didn't have the passing down work early on, it was just that you had Jermichael Hasty. So you didn't notice the Kyle check thing because they didn't need check because they were using Jermichael Hasty in the passing down role. So really, Sermon, if you look at it close, like Mitchell's had slightly, slar- uh, slightly larger, slarger, a slightly larger role. I love to combine my words on Friday. Uh, so he's a little bit of a better role, but they were closer than what people think. Because I thought the same thing, Andrew, when I was first looking at it, I was like, oh yeah, Mitchell, like he. He had all the work, yada yada yada. And when I went back and looked at it, I was like, Oh, actually like they've basically had almost the same role. But I am in agreement with the two of you. I have Mitchell at twenty three right now. If he plays, I think he's a borderline R B two and he's the he's the player I would trust. And I'm I do not want Sermon in any of my lineups if Mitchell's active.
0: Hundred percent. right, I'm going to run through uh, some of these because, we you know, we'd like to get through them before we get the doctor guy on here in about 12 minutes. Ezekiel Elliott listed as questionable with the knee injury. He's come out already and said that, he, that he's, you know, planning on being out there. It is a 425 kickoff, so you should have a backup, but I don't think it's something you need to worry about too much. Obviously, if Zeke is out, like Tony Pollard might be the RB1 in Fantasyland. If, if Zeke is out and you're asking, like, a start-sit question with Tony Pollard, like, we are going to take that as an insult. With Damian Harris, it looked like he could have four offensive linemen out for this game. I believe it's only two after looking at their uh, injury reports. So we do have uh, Shaq, Mace, uh, Shaq Mason Shaq and Mason. Trent Brown right. are uh, out of the picture. So could have so been the, worse.
2: So the COVID guys are back in. Oh, the, uh, they're on IR. That's yeah. That's okay. why they're not on the injury report. So that's why that's why it's four guys. Yeah, because there's two guys on COVID. All right. Um, well, that's
0: why I bring uh, Andrew and Wayne here on this show to help back me up when uh, I go wrong. So, I do yes. hate
2: that,
1: though. I wish I don't know why they don't they it's, include them.
2: Because it yeah.
1: Because it's, it's not like an injury, technically. It doesn't I matter. Know. All yeah, no, it matters if they're playing or not. And exactly, do they think right? anyone
0: besides fantasy football people come to this stupid site? No. <laughs> so freaking make it where we can read it. Sorry. <laughs> So, yes, four <laughs> offensive line starters out for Damian Harris. This was looking like a complete smash spot. Touchdown favor against the Texans. Against last two weeks, they just haven't even tried to run the ball against the Saints and Buccaneers. Maybe it's a similar strategy now if they don't feel good about the O-line. Still a low-end RB, two, but maybe calm the potential, you know, blow-up game talks. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, these are guys that have been listed questionable every single week with the groin and hip. We are fully expecting them to be just fine. Aaron Jones has been removed from the injury report in the Indianapolis backfield we got Naeem Hines questionable with a shoulder he had reduced uh, workload last week with more Marlon Mack we also had Jonathan Taylor popping up on the injury report I still kind of think the Marlon Mack thing was more of a showcase before a potential trade you know what we'll see kind of what it looks like this week but Definitely not a week, I think, to trust Naeem Hines until we see Marlon Mack completely out of the picture. Um, we'll bounce this one over to Dwayne here because Giovanni Bernard is going to play, it looks like. He was limited, limited, then full. Great for Gio, not so much for our chances of Leonard Fournette getting a bunches of targets. With that said, this is still a Miami uh, defense to give up 100 yards to Harrison week one, 100 over the past two weeks to Peyton Barber and also Jonathan Taylor. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary combined for three touchdowns when they faced off against him. Dwayne, where do you have Fournette ranked and like how much does the presence of Geo impact him?
1: Well, I had Fournette 11,
0: but it does impact
1: him. I mean, the matchup's still great. You're playing Miami, so you expect the Bucks to lead the whole game. But the beauty of having the passing down role is no matter which way, the script went. Because weird, weird stuff happens, you know? Come out and you throw two pick sixes off of deflections off your receiver's hands that aren't even Brady's fault. Like, things happen. And so that would have insulated Leonard Fournette no matter what, right? Well, now that's gone. So if something weird like that happens, it's going to be Geo out there on the field, run the two-minute offense if they're struggling and long down a distance. The Dolphins' you know, defense hasn't been as good as last year, but they still have some talent on that side of the ball. So I had Fournette at RB11, and so now I will be dropping him down out, all the way out of my top 24. He'll be somewhere in the high-end RB3 range, but just outside of the RB2 range.
0: I just groaned as I saw Cortland Sutton roll his ankle in uh, practice. Uh, Did not see that before. We'll get to that in a minute, though. A few other notes. Carlos Hyde returns from the shoulder issue that kept him out last week. James Robinson still, I think, should be in most people's top 20, even you know top 18 running backs for the week. But that 95% snap rate was a pipe dream with Hyde active. We also have Justin Jackson. I believe he's even doubtful uh, with that groin injury. Slight bump for uh, Roundtree here in super deep formats, but I think more than anything... It just solidifies Austin Eckler as a top five RB that he's been working as basically each and every week. Peyton Barber, I believe he managed to get back to a limited on Friday, but I don't know. Either way, Josh Jacobs, people, coming off of performance. 18 combined carries and targets despite being down two scores for most of the afternoon, evening, I should say, excuse me. Also, Noah Keem Hicks for Chicago. Could be a nice bounce back spot for Jacobs. I love him in DFS stacking the Raiders D against Justin Fields, who, as the boys told you, been a little bit erratic this year. Final point, Andrew, let's talk Antonio Gibson. Playing with a stress fracture in his shin. Apparently, you know, when the shin hurts, you can't throw the guy the ball. Or at least that's the way the Washington football team looks at it. Limited in practice. Will play, but likely dealing with this injury all year. When you heard this, did you b- bump Gibson down the ranks, or were you just like, dang, like we're not going to move him up exactly?
2: Yeah, I think it's just you got to temper expectations because I think it's part of why he's always kind of been working in limited capacity. Like during the week, he's always been on the injury report because they're trying to make him ready for game day. It just means that we're just never going to see this, you know, full encapsulated bell cow for Antonio Gibson. So because it's still going to have a role. And I think it's just smart to now. Pick up Jared Patterson, the backup running back for the football team. You know, if you can add him to the back of your roster, I think it makes a lot of sense to, again, we want these backup running backs with high-end potential. Jared Patterson looked really great in the preseason. He was able to edge out the backup role for Gibson. So I think that he's someone you go and pick up. Again, it's not a reason to, oh, you got to bench Gibson because he's been been playing through it. So we've kind of seen him. But, you know, I don't think that he's probably going to be outside my top 12 guys on the most part for a weekly basis, especially this week. You know, he's against the Saints. Not a great matchup.
1: Dwayne. Echoing those statements. Yep, same thing. I think it's great advice on Patterson. Stress fracture in a leg for a running back like doesn't doesn't bring me any sort of warm fuzzy feelings. <laughs> Just you know, especially for a player that really like hasn't hasn't lived up to their price, you know, to their draft price anyway. If you compare can compare them to the receivers
0: that have gone, you know, in that range. We're getting some alleged breaking news in the comments, but I've had you people trick me before. Okay. uh... Yeah, no, I don't see it confirmed, but whatever. We'll take his word for it. Apparently, Trey Lance has been confirmed as the starting quarterback for this week. Makes sense. Jimmy G didn't practice all week. We talked about it earlier, but basically, Trey Lance. We're not absurdly high on him, but definitely think upside QB two range makes some sense. I believe these guys a little bit lower than myself, more QB sixteen to eighteen spot. And uh, Mr. Erickson has something he wants to say.
2: Uh, George Kittle is doubtful. The calf injury.
0: Sheesh. That sucks yeah
2: they both have calf injuries him him, him and jimmy garoppolo (laughs) both have calf injuries and this is from eric branch uh and that's actually coming from kyle shanahan himself yeah jimmy garoppolo is out george kittle is doubtful due to calf injuries and that's 49ers beat reporter eric branch it's interesting
1: because because kittle had had really the same participation as last week which was dnp dnp then he played i wonder if he like if it flared up in the second half because he was hardly targeted Like at all. I didn't know if that was a Trey Lance thing or if that was a George Kittle thing. Three words. Ricky, Seals, Jones.
0: (laughs) All the RSJ in cash (laughs) games. And hey, I mean, if you need a streamer, he is going to be a close to 100% snap player. Let's talk some wide receiver goodness, but... It's not all wide receivers. Oh, spoiler alert. Calvin Ridley is out for personal reasons. Russell Gage out with the ankle reasons. Dwayne, that means Cordero Patterson week. Like, as much as maybe we were wanting to get off him, we can't now. Like, to me, all these guys being out, it doesn't sell me more on Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was already a tight end getting you know 8 to 9 targets a game or at least that's what we were expecting more weeks than not like losing Ridley doesn't really make me any higher than Pitts I, I had him as my tight end 6 before the injury I have him as my tight end 6 after the injury Patterson and Alameda Zacchaeus were the ones I actually bumped up do you agree
1: Yeah I did bump up Pitts one spot but it wasn't you know it's just like within a tier um but yeah I mean you have to give court you have to give Patterson a little bit more but at the same time like I'm not getting crazy with Patterson just because, I mean, all all the touchdowns and everything he's had. And look, let's be honest. Like, almost half of his points have come lined up out, out wide, Ian, as a receiver. Which, no offense, he sucked at his whole career. And so now he's not going to have Calvin Ridley on the other side. He's going to have more attention on him. So I think it's a situation where, to your point, yes, I agree. It's like you're going to you're gonna have him in your lineups no matter what. I just wouldn't expect a ton more for him. And in DFS, like, I'll probably fade. Well, it won't matter because it's going to be right. on when nobody's watching on Sunday morning, you know, because it'll be in London. But from a standpoint of expecting, you know, far more, no. I mean, but I – look – Move him up five six spots in the ranks. I agree with that. I just I just feel it. It's going to be look. Oh, he gets all the snaps. It's going to be his worst fantasy week of the whole season because that's how these things work. We don't make the rules. The fantasy guys make the rules in. But that's just um, I'm not sure Cordell Patterson can do a lot more with more work um, given what we've seen over his whole career, and, and, unless he's just suddenly a, a whole new player
0: couple ones to go over real quick. T. Higgins expected to play with this shoulder injury. He has not been out there the last two weeks. Had the extra long layoff after that Thursday night game. So that's good to see. Zach Taylor basically confirmed it. And yeah, no dry air. Alexander for the Packers. If Joe Mixon's out, might make sense for the Bengals to finally throw that football around a little bit more than we've seen. You know, Higgins, I think, slots it as an upside. Wide receiver, three. Boyd's just maybe a spot or two behind him. Obviously, Chase continues to be the alpha. Ooh, Elijah Mitchell, good to go. I, I'm trusting you, Vincent Anderson. I'm going to be pissed if uh, no, he's our commentators kind of, no, he, this are is, this throwing is com-
2: us off. This is coming from PFF's Doug Hyde. And great. So Kyle Shanahan did not give Elijah Mitchell a designation, so
0: he is good to go. Well, I hope Doug credited Vincent for his excellent reporting. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's great news for Elijah Mitchell. As Andrew said before, RB28, I think that's the right spot upside upside rb three. Territory, Um, Yeah, and then for the Cowboys, Amari Cooper, questionable with a hamstring injury. Like, he suffered this in, like, the first quarter of the last game, and he came back and played, was able to practice in a limited fashion to close the week. So, fully expecting Cooper to play. Obviously, a CeeDee Lamb alpha season if he's out. And even Cedric Wilson, I think you could feel fairly good about in that low-end wide receiver three, wide receiver four-eight range without Cooper. Do keep a special eye on it, though, because it is that 425 kick. Devontae Parker, questionable with a shoulder and hamstring issue. If Parker and Fuller are out, we could be looking at another one of those Jalen Waddle 10-plus target games. I am just, and Mike Jasicki too, this helps him, who, let's face it, guys, he's a wide receiver at this point. Um, I am worried about Miami's ability to do anything because there are problems at the line of scrimmage, but, you know, when you only have two guys to throw the ball to, they should eat. And now, Andrew, you've been called the prop profit around these parts of the country here lately, just nailing it week in and week out. Julio Jones is out with a hamstring injury. AJB wide receiver one season is back. I think the totals I was seeing, maybe they're going to adjust them on the fly, but it was something like over under four receptions, over under 50 yards. Four and a half, yeah. All the overs on AJB, yeah?
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was actually looking at those a little bit earlier today. The one that I was looking at was around like 60 receiving yards, and I was like, well, that's that's smash the over. Easy. Yeah.
1: The receptions though at four and a half, that's basically like his average. Like he, you know, just because they don't throw the ball yeah. that much. That's why you go with the yards, but he's the that's yards, his yes, big plays.
0: Dwayne, two fairly crowded situations here that have some injury ramifications. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton ruled out with hamstring injuries. And the other New York team is getting back Elijah Moore with the concussion. In my opinion, out of these offenses, like Kenny Galladay and Corey Davis are the only ones we really want to start. Although we do have Kadarius Toney, Jameson Crowder, and hey, maybe even Elijah Moore as guys that you could feasibly lean on. Are you with me? Like Davis, Kenny G, otherwise it's kind of a stretch.
1: Yeah, if you're in a deeper format, though, I mean, you're going to pay attention to Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony. So, Tony was nice. I mean, he was out there for 81% of the routes. He had a 21% targets per route run, 23% of the targets on the day. He really did operate in that, you know, Sterling Sheckard role. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you're just sitting there and you're like, hey, look, I've got multiple injuries. I need someone for my wide receiver three or for my second flex spot. And it's, you know, just something where there's nothing else on the wire. I wouldn't be afraid to grab Tony and plug him in.
0: Chase Claypool questionable with the hamstring while Juju Smith-Schuster is good to go with the ribs. The way Ben Rothberger is playing right now, unless their name is Deontay Johnson or Najee Harris, you should probably try to start someone else. Also, have Curtis Samuel questionable with a groin. They, I think we got back to practice on Friday and Rivera talked about just wanting to limit him throughout the week. So tentatively expecting Samuel to be out there at 3K on DraftKings. He is a great pump play um, right there. We also have uh, Diami Brown out for Washington. So, hey, now if Samuel can play, should be even getting more condensed targets and reps with the Broncos. Colton Sutton rolled his ankle in practice Friday. He's now looking questionable. Dwayne, if Sutton's out, I mean, now Judy's out, now Hamler's out. Jeez. Tim Patrick, man, like where <laughs> would you rank Tim Patrick if Sutton's out? Because we should be getting Teddy. It's one of these
1: things where it's still against the Steelers, which isn't, you know, it's not terrible, right? That is who they're playing, right? Or am I mixing yes. up last week? Yes. It is still this week. My my weeks all start to merge together. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, I would put him as a high-end wide receiver four, just on volume alone. It's almost it's similar to the Waddle thing that you were just talking about, Ian. You know, I like Waddle slightly better. I think it's easier to get the ball to someone in the slot, right, working inside and underneath, than it is outside, right, against better coverage. But yeah, I would put him somewhere in there. I think mainly this is it's Noah Fant season. You know, with Albert O out, and if Cortland Sutton, even if Cortland Sutton plays now, man, I'm moving Fant up. Like Fant, you know, he already Kendall's spiked last. Too. Yeah, we saw Fant spike last week in utilization. It was probably because Albert O pulled his hamstring in the game. We didn't know that at the time because coaches don't tell us jet crap. Um, <laughs> but now knowing that and looking at what happened last week, yeah, I mean, I think Fant's
0: going to be the number one target on the team this week, no matter what right now. Quickly going over some of the tight end stuff. We talked about Kittle now being doubtful. Should be Ross Dwelly as the next guy up, but we're not seeing the same sort of just condensed usage that, you know, like Jordan Reed had last year. And with Trey Lance under center, again, I would like rather go Ricky Seals-Jones, Dawson Knox, Tyler Conklin, if they're there, would definitely take precedent on the old waiver wire. Keep an eye on Max Williams, who's been solid enough, but as Dwayne and I talked about on the game-by-game breakdown, he's still someone that's just not playing really a full allotment of snaps. Probably been a little fluky, some of the production he's put together. David Njoku is questionable with a knee, slight bump to Hooper if he ends up being ruled out. TJ Hawkinson sounds like he's actually really questionable. Darren fells potential. I guess. Yeah. I knew (laughs) Andrew wrote that on the damn sheet. Darren Fields could uh, maybe have himself a day. Otherwise it would at least be a decent maybe pivot off of, uh, you know, the, fellow men priced RSJ on DraftKings. Albert O being out is too huge for Noah fan. as Dwayne mentioned. We also have Tyler Croft out with a back injury. Ryan Griffin potential streaming option in the super deep leagues for the Jets. But again, I think you can probably find someone else out there. Dwayne, we have Rob Gronkowski out with a rib injury. It's a nice little bump for Cam Brate. What are your thoughts on him this week? Because man, I'm seeing like some roster ship percentages going nuts for Evan Ingram, which I don't get at all. I would much rather have Cam Brate this week.
1: Yeah, Brate looked good last week from a standpoint of utilization. He, We weren't for sure, right, what was going to happen. We didn't know if it would be him, would it be Howard. But, I mean, he essentially stepped into all of, Ron, uh, Rob, uh, of Rob Gronkowski's role, 69% of the routes, 18% targets per route run, 15% target share. I mean, so if you're listening to Gronk's numbers, like, you know, week two, 60%, 20%, and 15%, like they're almost exactly the same. I'm not saying Cameron Brate is Rob Gronk. Gronkowski, but he's probably kind of close. Like at this point, with Gronk being at the age that he is, so yeah, I like Bray this this week. If you need a fill in tight end, he's one of my tops, especially if you're with all the injuries we just named. And if you just want a cheaper option in DFS, that also makes sense.
0: Andrew, do you see the doctor joining?
2: I just sent him the link, uh, so he should be joining momentarily. You know, again, we have to wait in the waiting room, like for the doctor. We got to pay <laughs> our dues.
0: Dr. Mario <laughs> Pallotta will be joining us soon to discuss Russell Wilson and more. But first, we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills, go through our advertisements because we love our sponsors oh so much as I wait for our ad sponsor document sheet to load. Just want to say, people, week four is in the books, and PFF is providing you with zero to 100 grades on every single player who was in it, who played a snap, all of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our player prop tool which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop, and more. Again, check out the highest-graded players from Week 4 and look to find that value on spread picks and player props for Week 5. Also, I'll give a shout-out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They have a Week 5 offer for every for every football fan to jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 time, the NFL was in 1943, looking like a no-brainer. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PFF, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and go win that $100 in free free bets if either team scores a point again promo code pff this week at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older new jersey indiana or pennsylvania only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit one dollar wager one per customer shipping supplies to draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER you read the you read the freaking ads and you can laugh i, I don't want to read you.
1: it i i i completely love you the doctor is ready ads. for us
0: bring them in Hey now intro oh, man him, now, everyone. This is true. star of the show he probably just got done working on a player himself PFF <laughs> injury analyst Mario Pilato you can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Mario. How's it going, Doc? Good. how are you guys doing? Doing great, man. Appreciate you making the time. I got a great text or just a DM last night where you were already talking and looking up Russell Wilson, seeing what's going on there. So let's get right at it, man. You're a busy man. There's probably some, you know, open patient in the other room that you should be paying attention <laughs> to not talking fantasy football, but we'll take it. Talk to us about Russ's finger and what you're expecting in terms of a, a time frame to return.
3: Yeah, so it's a mallet finger. Um, There's a lot of different things going out there, people talking about he'll be out six to eight weeks. That's not the case. What they're going to do is put in a K-wire, essentially, which that's what people are talking about when they say pins. Uh, What happens then is that acts as an internal brace. He'll have that on, and he'll probably get it removed in about six weeks. Um, He could play next week. They have 10 days. It really depends on how he can grip the ball, how he's throwing it, whether he, he relies on his index finger or his middle finger, that will control the accuracy.
0: Dwayne, did you see enough from Gino to wonder like we could actually have a streamer here if uh, Russ is out or is that was that just a fun thursday night thing?
1: It felt like it was probably just a, a fun thursday night, yeah. you know, thing where the other team wasn't ready for Gino. G- I don't think Gino was ready for Gino on thursday <laughs> night. But I mean, I guess if you're in a, if you're in a super flex format like, you know, all bets are off, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're in a league where you have got two quarterbacks and you're playing with 12 or 14 teams in your league, then Gino's going to have to be rostered.
2: We also got bye weeks next week, too. True. So, true.
0: Like- Mara, Mar- before I get to the rest of the guys that I sent over to you, do you have any quick thoughts on the Antonio Gibson news where he has been playing with a stress fracture in his shin? Like, apparently he's been playing with it. So, our point of view is like, we really shouldn't be downgrading for something that we've already seen him going through. But in your opinion, like, is that just more of a pain tolerance thing or something that like, could really be limiting him here?
3: Yeah, I was pretty shocked when I read that today. Um, but he dealt with turf toe last year, which is more painful. Um, it's just a pain tolerance thing, and he talked a little bit of how he's treating it. He's splinting it and uh, taking rest, and it, he'll be fine. It's not going to go away until after the season. <sighs>
0: Man, poor Gibson. Can't get the targets. Can't stay healthy either. Let's talk uh, Christian McCaffrey. He was saying all the right things. Uh, really, you know, throughout the week, confident he had a chance to play. Ultimately, ruled doubtful with how he's progressed. Though, do you expect him to be back in Week Six from the hamstring injury?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, he he is progressing well, but it, it, it's it's touch and go. Have you guys seen practice reports on him today yet? I, I think he was limited. Limited again. Yeah. He, yeah, he was limited, yeah. You know, I, I expect him to give it a go at this point.
0: You're saying for week six because he's ruled doubtful now for yeah. week five.
3: Correct. Yeah, yes, okay, correct. Cool. On Just week six because sure. he, he's close. So it's yeah. a one grade one's a one to one three, to uh, three week time frame. And so he's right in that window. He'll probably be ready to go next week.
0: Okay. Now another guy, Joe Mixon, kind of the opposite. We were all expecting him to almost get ruled out at this point, but we're hearing more of a game time decision. They want to see how he looks on Saturday. He did get back to a limited practice today. Not sure exactly how much he did. Do you think he actually has a chance to play this Sunday or is this looking more likely like week six?
3: I think it's week six. There's some rumors around is a high ankle sprain is a low lateral ankle sprain. Regardless what it is, I think he's about another one to three week time frame. I just I don't see him giving it a go this week. I think next week is more realistic. And if he does give it a go, I'd be careful putting him in your lineups.
0: And Lord knows we won't get uh, good information from Zach Taylor about the problem. So thanks for that, uh, Zach. And good news, more, more positive news, Mario. We got A.J. Brown returning from a hamstring injury. Julio is out for another week. You know, A.J.B., like he's almost an exception to the idea that injuries are supposed to slow you down. Double knee surgery this offseason clearly didn't impact him too much last year. Are you expecting to see the usual, you know, A.J.B. world beater out there this Sunday? Or should we maybe expect a little bit of a reduced version, at least the first?
3: I mean, usually when you come back from a hamstring injury, it's about minus 10% on your production that first week back, but they don't really have any options. So, you know, I, I think you're going to fire it up, and you'll be just fine with them in your lineups.
0: And it's the Jaguars. Andre just right back in the top 12, no questions asked? Yeah. Yeah. A man, a few words. Doesn't need to say more. Doesn't need to say <laughs> more. Mario, we got, we got Dalvin Cook with this ankle. Apparently, it's going to be a legit game-time decision. Like, I guess our kind of concern is that he tries to gut this out again. Are we looking at another situation where reaggravation or him just not being able to really play his usual role is certainly in play?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he's really dealing with a high ankle sprain, and I, I would just stay away from him right now because if you saw him last week, I mean, I, I don't know what. He would have gotten better. He needs rest. Um, I, would, I would be spect- spectacle of starting him.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. I think Dwayne hit it on the head earlier saying that still top 24. It's Dalvin Cook against the Lions, but we definitely can't treat him as that locked in, you know, top two option, let alone even top 12 this week that he normally would be. One more running back. We got Chase Edmonds with his shoulder injury, another game time decision. And this time it's actually at 425. I haven't like, I'm not even sure when the injury happened. We haven't gotten a ton of words on it. Do you have a read on this situation or is it just going to be more of a pain tolerance thing that really only Chase knows?
3: I mean, I don't really know what happened because he finished the game. I didn't see anything in the game where I'm like, oh, that's a shoulder injury. My guess would be he's dealing with an AC joint sprain, which means he should be able to go. Um, I don't think their practice reporters came out yet today. So that's what I'd follow. But again, with that late start, you got to have backups ready.
0: This is my fault, everyone, because I tweeted that, hey, happy Chase Edmonds is going to score a touchdown week. And within like three minutes, Dwayne DMs me. and He's like, Bro. Edmonds has a shoulder injury right now. Now it's like, there's no going back. doesn't matter. Last one, Mario, I'll let you get back to, you know, important real life things here in a second. But Baker Mayfield has a torn labrum. No, I haven't forgiven him for missing OBJ on three touchdowns last week. Should we expect that to be the norm? Because it's on his left arm, his left labrum. I don't know. Is that still just enough to impact a player's, like, entire ability?
3: I think it's a thing where he's getting used to the harness. So he's wearing a harness in order to, to stabilize that shoulder. It's his non-throwing arm. Uh, he will need surgery in the off season. It's about a six months. Usually it's six months is when we would let our athletes start coming back. Um, so, I mean, he should be fine. It's pain. It's a harness. I think he's just trying to get used to it. But, you know, if he can't, it might be an accuracy issue the whole season.
0: Wow. I never thought we'd reach the stage where we could be begging for Case Keenum to save Odell Beckham's fantasy value, but might not be too far away. Mario, thank you so much for the time. You'll be back here, hopefully, each and every week. Obviously, can't exactly confirm the surgery schedule all the time. People can find you on Twitter at PFF underscore Mario. Anything else you want to get off your chest, my friend?
3: No, thank you guys for having me. I look forward to joining weekly.
0: Awesome, man. Thanks, we will Mario. talk to you this time next week. Thank you, Mario. Take care, guys. Guys. I think it's been maybe like our most professional edition of this podcast yet. Andrew, now you got something to say. What's up?
2: Yes, I do. Uh, So the Cardinals injury report just came out on the Twitter sphere. So Edmonds was limited today after two DMPs. So that's at least good. Um, It's also mentioning Eno Benjamin, the third string running back, has also been limited all week as well. So if it is James Conner, like he's the healthiest back. So – we could see him actually have a three-down roll potentially if you could see both of the backup running backs, Edmonds and know Benjamin, both banged up entering this game.
0: Let's entertain this thought for a second because I do think – I don't see James Conner getting like eight targets. I think Rondale Moore will get yeah. the target boost. But hey, man, in this game, I think we're all kind of agreeing that while Lance might get his rushing yardage, like you take away Kittle, this could be a beatdown by the Cardinals potentially that gives Conner his ideal game script. Looking at it right now, man, assuming Edmonds is out, I have him as my RB twenty right now. I think that's probably about where we should put Connor. Dwayne, are you with me?
1: Yeah, and I had Edmonds a little higher than that, but yes, yeah. I would put I would put Connor up into my top twenty four if we do get confirmation that we're gonna okay. be without Edmonds. Um, and, and I'm with you. I do think I think we wouldn't see Connor fully take over all the routes. Um, but he's already getting you know over half the carries, well about forty five percent of the carries, and then there's forty percent to Edmonds and the rest go to to Murray. So I would expect Connor's role to grow through the ground game. To your point, and probably Rondell Moore working a little more from the backfield, picking up some of the receptions that are left behind. You know, and Edmonds has an eighteen percent target share, so it's not like it's nothing. I mean, it's like third on the team.
2: Do we move up Debo and or slash Ayuk without Kittle?
1: I don't think I can move Debo higher.
2: That's also very true. He already has like a 30% target share. I'm already
1: scared just because of the Lance thing. Like seriously, if you take away that one throw last week, like, Oh my gosh. Like it would not Debo still would have been great, but yeah, you're getting targeted 35% of the time. Even if your quarterback sucks, I got (laughs) to roll with you. But remember that's what Allen Robinson's been dealing with a 30% target share with a crappy quarterback. So, I mean, it, it can matter.
0: Anything else? Either of you want to get off your chest? I got a Cincinnati Bearcats tailgate to go get drunk at. (laughs) No, man. Go have fun. Go Bearcats. Go get them. Go Bearcats. For Dwayne. For Andrew, I'm Ian. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll be back every week at this time with more injury analysis from a real doctor. I still can't believe we pulled that off. Great stuff by Mario. Great that information awesome, there. Uh, Dwayne and I will be back Monday morning with the game-by-game breakdowns, breaking down the following week's games on Wednesday, Waiver Wire Tuesday. Andrew and I put together one of the world's just highest-rated DFS shows, or at least I've heard. I, okay, maybe I haven't heard that. Whatever, you could imagine. And Andrew always puts his incredible prop record on the line there so over Randy, on josh jacobs oh he's just throwing him out he's just you know fearless at this point <laughs> gotta love hey that point. works
1: i have Michael hardman as as my under for the week so wow
0: now dwayne's coming for the crown gotta love it for <laughs> no, dwayne no, for, i'm just i'm just complimenting andrew i'm not we, we gotta to parlay challenge. these together i have it's to go money. you savages all right for dwayne right. for andrew i'm ian thank you so much for tuning in the pff hey, football podcast until next time take care everybody.